Welcome back to The Bunt, the number one podcast in skateboarding. Brought to you by the number one shoe in skateboarding. You like that? You like that? Vans. Off the wall since 1960, motherfucking six. (laughs) Drop that bitch. Ghosts, we just got home from our little road trip down to Buffalo. Barely survived. Barely have my voice. Probably going to go in a day or two. Watch what they're calling the game of the year, baby. Just a quick word or two on our Buffalo experience, man. Mad thing. That's two words, man. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, amazing weekend. Obviously, didn't go for a couple years. But uh, it felt real good to be at an NFL game again in the flesh. Bills Mafia doing their thing. Unfortunately, you know what I'm saying? The team let them down this week. But, man, what a game. Justin Jefferson built different. I like to say this sometimes. The Vikings didn't win the game. The Bills lost it. Many different times they could have sealed that game. Locked and loaded. Walked uh, out of there and across the street to the bar O'Neill's with a victory. But they let the Vikings hang around, and and they paid the price, man. But anyways, we got a show to get to, man. I'm D. Jones. As always, I got my main man, the Ghost, with me. We got UK Ants one behind the scenes. It's a cool thing. Ghost, tell them what we're working with this week. Another big week in Studio E. We got a triple OG by the name of Daniel Shimizu in the building. One of the gnarliest dudes when I was flipping through mags as a young buck, just figuring out this skate world, man. He was out here, kick front boarding, big ass rails, hurricaning, backsmithing, just doing it all. Style God, Daniel Shimizu, man. Hyped to have him in Studio E. Then the post office popping as usual. Voice notes coming in hot. Another blessed week from you, the people. So thank you. And then, of course, wrapping it up with the rundown. A wild week in the NFL. NBA's popping, man. Just another classic. What can I say? Make sure to follow us on Instagram at The Bunt Live. Subscribe to us on YouTube at The Bunt Live. Hit us up on our Patreon, patreon.com slash The Bunt. Head over to our website, TheBuntLive.com. Ghost is shout out of the week. You do the dirty work, we reap the rewards. What are we watching? Oh, big week. A lot of homies popped off this week. And all of them in the all-timers video. You deserve it. Bro, Billy, you're a fucking legend out here, eh? Hard flip back, nose grinding hubbas like it ain't a ting. Hard flip back tail and tall ass rails like it ain't a ting. Popping his head out like a young Paul Trepp feeling nice. We see you, Willie. Keep doing your thing, bruv. And then, oh my God. Was that Zared Bassett with Ender? I thought the video was over. I was like, of course Will has curtains. The man them's in his prime. But no, someone else who's still in their prime and said, fuck you to Father Time. Yeah, that's Dr. Z, Zared Bassett, doing it for the people. What a fucking G. You see that part? Switch blunt 270 flip. 
curtains on the vid just a, a fun video to watch oh mr vega style god himself too many too many dope parts to name but yeah great video hell yeah all timers you deserve it like the ghost said daniel shimizu style god in the building we've been waiting a long while for this one i think he turned us down the first time but you know we keep our head down we get back to work and we hit the phone lines again and we make it happen for the people only one thing to do before we get into the interview we're going to order some maker pizza people are tired of us ordering the same thing over and over ghost so let's let's surprise them this week man i think we go with napoli dynamite a marinara pizza some oh. tropic thunder Ooh. some so so mushroom what but we can mix it up over here too at the bump baby lemon pepper wings you ever heard of those probably not a chopped salad you heard of that probably not either maddie matheson tell them what you're working with when you order maker pizza this is literally the best pizza in the world all right ghost let's get this interview popping. all right a long-awaited guest in the building Daniel Shimizu, what's going on, man? Howdy, y'all. How you doing? Good, Long good. awaited? All right. I don't know how <laughs> true that is, but I'll take it. Yeah, I remember DMing you like a couple years ago, so it, it is a long yeah. time coming. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have much to say. I feel like I like had just done the Nine Club or something. I'm like, I have like three stories to tell, and I just did. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hopefully we did enough homework to get a couple news stories, man. All right, let's go. We start every show off the same. Hit us with your favorite skate moment and your favorite sports moment. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, favorite skate moment? I guess I'd have to say in general, just just being on tour, kind of just not having a regular job, kind of just hitting the road, no worries. But I guess if I had to, like, pinpoint like an actual moment it'd probably be hurricane fakie bricktown for me was like the best feeling trick i've ever done in my life and i don't know why i just like never forgot it um the day was just epic it was just the crew was like mark waters was was one of my favorite people on earth and um uh, my buddy jason hernandez was filming and it and uh yeah i don't know it was just like a trick i'd never done I don't think it had been done at that point, but um, yeah, just rolling away from that just felt like the most epic trick I'd ever done up to that point. Just like rolling on those bricks too was just like the uh -huh. coolest noise. I don't know. Yeah. But um, yeah, I got like a four one one opener out of it, and I was like, damn, super hyped on that. I don't know. It was just like, it just felt so cool. <laughs> yeah, dropping it at an iconic spot like that too, man classic mm -hmm. classic clip right there yeah it was just a, it was just a good rail just like the sound of the i don't know it was just such a good spot i guess favorite sports moment would be i live right by dodger stadium so my favorite sports moment is whenever the fucking dodgers lose and don't play anymore for the rest of the year so there's no fucking <laughs> dodgers traffic <laughs> um pretty oh. much that's uh it can't it takes like 30 minutes for me to go like you know two blocks sometimes i'm just like fuck the dodgers <laughs> also why do they play like a hundred and something games a season it's insane 
right? Don't they play like that much? It's like fucking crazy. 160, so 80 something in LA. That's a lot. Yeah. yeah. Jesus, man. <laughs> fucking a. Yeah, they're done now, though, right? It's the World Series right now. You ain't got to worry I, about no traffic. I know. I think it was like Padres. I was like, go fucking Padres, dude. <laughs> 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 oh, uh, shit. Uh, all right, Daniel, take us back to the beginning. Where did you grow up and how did you get into skating? I grew up um, just all over the San Gabriel Valley. It's like a little bit east of L.A. Yeah, I don't know. I think I was pretty disillusioned to team sports pretty early on i did play you know some teen sports growing up but i was always just into like i don't know like the non-structural kind of activities or just you know like i got into like bmxing and and all this crap but uh yeah i don't know it's my older brother started skating before i did and then got me into it but yeah i probably got my first board around christmas 93 i think but yeah it was fucking just fell in love with it like we had like a group of friends that we all bmx'd and we just like instantly just turned into skaters like overnight <laughs> yeah what would you consider was your first big break in the skate industry i would say starting to skate with jason hernandez he was like the dude you guys know jason he filmed like for trans world and yeah mm-hmm. um big but magic. we kind of grew up yeah he's the shit uh, we grew up skating together. He's one of my best friends. And um, he, before he was a filmer, he was just such a ripping skater, like amazing. Just skated so fast and powerful and just had like the best nollie flips. And uh, he skated for Acme. And he was kind of just like the legend around town. Um, but we started to skate together. And then um, he... I think I had like a sponsor me video or something and he just showed it to like dudes at Acme, which I'm not sure if they'd already started Formula One skateboards, but it was like a sister company, I guess. Very short lived, but um, he got us on that. So yeah, I think that was like the first real like free board scenario kind of thing going on. So yeah, I think that was like the, the first big break, I would say. Nice. Well, most people probably when they think back on your career associate you with foundation can you tell us about how you first linked up with that team i mean i grew up i loved foundation like tentacles of destruction is probably one of my favorite all up there top three all-time favorite videos but i probably sent the tape out when i was probably 16 17 maybe but i never actually sent a video to foundation i sent one to zero or like jamie i sent one to ed templeton <laughs> and i sent one to deluxe and then Damn. the the only dude that called me back was jamie <laughs> uh and he was like hey we're not looking for anybody right now and i was like devastated but still stoked to be talking to him <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but he was like yeah i can give your video to to josh beagle and i was like Huh, yeah, that'd be... Because I feel like Foundation was like, kind of like in like a dark era then. Kind of like coming out of like a little hole. But mm-hmm. but Ethan Fowler had just got on, and he was one of my favorites from Stereo Days. And uh, John West, who is amazing. Canadian dude. Rad human. So yeah, I don't know. I just agreed that... I don't know. I just... Uh, 
I thought it was, I don't know, it was a good fit. I was like, oh, yeah, it seems like a no-brainer. Why didn't I just send a video to them in the first place? Yeah. Uh, and it just, yeah, from there, they just gave me send a box, and I was down. And then uh, it was that, really. Oh, that nice. first box, Jamie man. hooking it up. How nice was that first box? You must have been on cloud nine. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've heard so many people say it, the same story, like, when they walk home from school or something and they see like the box on like their doorstep and just like fucking mind blown <laughs> yeah it's a crazy feeling it's like one it's like the recognition you're getting but like two it's like hey this is free shit it's like i don't have to buy this shit anymore i can just like do <laughs> i don't know it's been so long since i had to buy a board but i remember like you know when you're growing up and like begging your mom for like 20 bucks and you've been saving for like a month and just like scrounging change in the couch just like buying like a shitty blank or something just like anything to get it like so to get like a free box it's just like i know it's incredible feeling yeah i remember saving lunch money i'd get like five dollars a day for lunch in high school and i would just save the five dollars every time takes forever Uh to stack up but you gotta do it man. man yep yep uh, we heard the foundation had been paying for your health insurance even years after you quit. How'd you pull that <laughs> off? Oh, man. I think when I turned pro, I was like, I don't like, you know, it's pretty rare for skaters to get even like offered health insurance. But I had <laughs> asthma growing up. And um, yeah, I just like always had to have a, a, an inhaler when I was younger. And I think when I turned pro, I was just like, one of like the stipulations was like that I they had to like get me insurance, and uh, I just like threw it out there, and they agreed, and I was like, holy shit, okay. Cool. <laughs> um, but you know, years later when I quit, I mean, I wouldn't get the bills to pay, so like it kind of just like. I don't know. They kept paying the bill. <laughs> Sorry, Swank. I fucking owe you like eight years of insurance. No, it wasn't oh, that, that long. That long? Hell yeah. No, it wasn't that long. I don't think. I'm sure their accountants like caught it after like, dude, at least a couple of years. It was, it was pretty insane. I don't know. But I'm sorry, Todd. I'll uh, make it up to you somehow. <laughs> you can put me back on the team, dude. I'll fucking, <laughs> all board royalties can go to paying you back (laughs) (laughs) did they hit you up like how did it come to an end (laughs) i probably just got like a notice in the mail like hey your insurance is past due or like you know like it's your your plan is terminated or some shit but i was like it was a good run but then i'd see swank (laughs) at like events or something and be like fuck i wonder if he knows (laughs) and i just felt bad i don't know it's it was shitty, but dude, health insurance. I mean, you guys don't have to deal with that, but down here, fucking health insurance, man. But yeah, I don't know. Thank you, Todd. You're the best. <laughs> hey, man, you put in work for years for them, so fuck. Yeah, man, they fucking owed me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Love that. So, speaking of foundation and putting in work, you're part in that's life was an instant classic uh what was it like filming for that one how good were you feeling on the board at the time oh shit thanks man yeah i would say that's like my favorite or my best like peak era skating 
Um, yeah, I think I was just like smoking a lot of weed at that point and just like <laughs> not really going out. So it's like, uh, I don't know. I always just like skated way better, super high until like, until I didn't, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was just fun to go out with Hernandez and probably skating with like Justin Roy a lot. And we both like lived next to each other in San Diego. I lived down there for like a year and then moved back up here probably skated with jason a lot up here and uh yeah i don't know i don't really remember too much about filming it but um i don't know maybe because i was high out of my fucking mind but <laughs> yeah you seem like you're in a in a vibe for that one lots of lines and just flowing oh yeah it's a fun watch man every time oh uh, thanks man thank you yeah, I think, um, you know, everyone had their own thing on Foundation at that point. You know, it'd be like Corey and Leo just fucking doing the gnarliest shit. Or like, I don't know, I, I thought I'd take like a more mellower approach, I guess, and just do more lines. I think consciously that was a decision. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I mean, I was, I was stoked on the video part. I like, I like the way it turned out. Hell yeah. I, I remember an interview when I was maybe in like grade eight, so a long ass time ago. And I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you said something along the lines of like you were you were pretty competitive when you were young and like if you saw like someone kickflip front board a rail, like whatever the stair count was, you'd like wanna kickflip front board one more stair. <laughs> do you do you remember that or am i am i remembering that right because like it seemed like by the time that's life came out you were probably over that mindset if you ever were in it i don't i mean i i think we skated like castle contests you know anyone you guys ever heard of those like Mm-mm. california skate league or some shit i don't know i skated those a lot when i was younger but um yeah i don't know fuck did i say that i have no idea <laughs> but no, I don't. I mean, I don't think I'm very competitive at all, at all. <laughs> um, uh, but shit, you know, people change. I might have said some stupid shit like that. Oh, I wasn't even calling you out. It was just like, I remember when I was first reading mags and shit. You were just like getting so buck, and then uh-huh. it like transitioned to to more lines and shit. Which I love both eras of your skating. But I just. Yeah, I don't know. For some reason, that that stuck with me. I was like, "Oh, that's kind of cool." I was just getting into skating. I'm like, "Oh, this guy's out here, fucking trying to trying to kick front board the biggest rail in the game." But then Bastion Jeez. came to town. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Game over after fucking Bastion came to town. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so from Foundation, you made the move to Stereo. What was behind that decision? Yeah, I don't know. I think you just grow as a person and you meet new people and you start skating with new friends. And, uh, yeah, it kind of just made sense. I started skating with, like, Clint Peterson a lot and then, like, Benny Fairfax and and uh, Pastorus. And um, I don't know. I was always just a huge stereo fan uh, ever since Visual Sound. And, like, I don't know, it came out in, like, 93, 94. So when they, like, resurrected it, it was, I don't know. I would see them around town, and I'd be like, man, those boards look cool. This new team's amazing. Like, and I was just, 
kind of just like happened naturally. Like we, Clint and I were both like in this like how to transworld video. I forgot what it was like. Uh, Show me the way that was called. And then uh, from there we just started skating, just like on a normal basis. And then yeah, kind of. He just like asked me one day, I think, like if I wanted to ride some stereo boards. And then yeah, that's pretty much it. Nice and easy transition. I don't remember quitting a foundation at all. I don't. Yeah, it just seemed like it seemed real natural to me. Yeah. The health insurance kept it natural too. <laughs> yeah, they thought yeah. you were still on the whole time. <laughs> I did not have health insurance for a long time. What about Nike? Because thinking back to fuck, what was that that video called? When kind of like I feel like they really let everyone know that they were back in skateboarding it was not nothing but the truth or was it that was the one with the horrible skits yeah 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 no but you know what i'm talking about the tour one anyways my point is you were on nike like when they re-came back into skateboarding pretty much from the beginning how did that how did that come about um i think it was called on tap maybe that was yeah like on, tap, on tap yeah yeah i don't know i just had like a long string of like uh, flow sponsors like I was on America forever flow and then weirdly enough iPath but I was just like sitting down at a trade show one day and met uh, Kevin Imamura and he yeah I think he just asked me if I wanted to try a pair of shoes and I was like like I don't think I'd own a pair of Nikes since I don't know like the fucking Jordans and like the early 90s or something so yeah. uh yeah i was like sure fuck it i'll i'll try a pair and uh yeah i remember just like being blown away by how good the dunk skated i was just like holy shit <laughs> these are like everything i want it was like such it was like a low profile like real light and like just like a real simple shoe at the at that time <laughs> i remember i feel like they got like bigger over time am i tripping on that or they got like a little bit beefier yeah yeah i just like really like the shoe and then they just started sending me stuff and yeah that was like that was a cool feeling uh to be given that opportunity for sure that was like when my mom was finally like all right i'm not gonna worry about you like you seem like a pretty good place to be <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's a good convincing sponsor for sure <laughs> yeah yeah before that she was like when are you gonna get a fucking job yeah did you guys ever feel some like resistance in the industry bringing nike in um yeah for sure i mean i'd never got anything personally but um i don't know i just kind of just ignored that whole aspect of it but you know that that whole dunk craze where they were like only selling to like skate doors i, I think that like was a real smart way to just like support the skate industry mm -hmm. so i mean yeah they and also the way they came into it i mean i could be totally wrong on this but like i feel like they could have just came in like fucking guns you know blazing and just like grabbed everybody and just like made this like super team yeah but uh i feel like you know like the first five dudes it was like such an amazing squad and just like you know they weren't like the biggest names or like i don't know but they were just you know um, incredible skaters 
and uh, yeah, I think they kind of just like took like a like a subtler approach, which you know it was like really cool. I thought it was a yeah, I thought it was rad of them. Oh, definitely on tap. Like anyone who hasn't seen it should go watch it. But you can kind of see the the original crew. It was a seemed like a very like carefully picked out group of different types of skaters and like you said like some more underrated skaters and then of course you got you got to have your p-rod but it was uh yeah yeah it was, a, it was a dope mix man richard Mulder, Uyghur, you ba yeah good stuff yeah when they got p-rod it was like okay here we go <laughs> <laughs> now you guys are now you're flexing your muscles a little bit here <laughs> but that was awesome Oh, who the fuck are you? I'm the guy who does his job. You must be the other guy. That quote from the classic The Departed brought to you by CHPO Brand. Always doing it for the people. So after Stereo, you wrote for Bummer High. How did that company come about? Uh, that was kind of just like Ethan Fowler's like weird little brainchild. And... You know, we were just super good friends from Foundation Days, and I was always, uh, I always told him like, "Hey, man, if you ever start anything, like I'm, I'm down, like 100 percent, whatever the fuck." And uh, yeah, I don't know, that's how it started for sure. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of a weird time to start like a small brand. I feel like it was like now it would make like way more sense, but back then it was like mm -hmm. some weird stoner metal company that was like <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. He just had like funny ideas and like, yeah, I don't know. I was like fucking down to try whatever back then, you know, at that point in my career. Richie Belton was on that squad, a personal favorite of mine growing up who seemingly just kind of disappeared. What happened with Richie Belton, man? I don't know. He's around. <laughs> I see him here and there. He's still, um, he's, you know, super good boys with Nuge still, so I mean, like, whenever, like, Don has, like, an event or something, like, a new burger fucking place opening, like, I'll see him at one of those, but, um, yeah, I don't see him enough, man, I love that kid, he's, uh, he's, like, one of the coolest, chillest, I don't know, individuals, I guess, he's fucking, you know, amazing on a board, he's just, like, this little fucking, I think he's cleaned up a little, but he used to be, like, the fucking dirtiest little fucking rocker kid, <laughs> just, like, <laughs> yeah, I remember, like, on tours, like, if he, like, walked into your room, like, motel room, fucking shoeless, you're, like, all right, well, I, I gotta fucking change rooms, or, I don't know, oh. I feel bad for that maid the next day, dude, I feel bad for the hotel, they're gonna have to burn this fucking carpet tomorrow, <laughs> <laughs> man, but yeah he's just oh. a, he's a character man just fucking rock and roll man but yeah he is so mellow and so chill too audio one step beyond man ah uh, man does he skate to like some guns and roses song or something mm -hmm. yeah he had that shared part remember. with the with the other homies but that one was a classic yeah so after bummer high days it was on to heroin skateboards when you decided to call it quits, they threw you a retirement party. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, it was actually right under where I'm sit standing right now. 
Oh, shit. I live right above Clint Peterson. Like, we live in the same, like, little building. He's got, like, a, like, workspace slash studio, like, a warehouse thing. And there's apartments up upstairs. I moved in, like, probably about two years ago. But, yeah, I was, like, just downstairs. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's not much. I think we did, like, a... Foz made some boards that were, like, retirement boards. And, uh, yeah, we just had a big party, man. It was, uh... I don't know. I felt like I've been milking it for a while, and I was like, all right, dude, let's just fucking... <laughs> might as well wrap it up with some beers and friends. Fuck it. Oh, um, I think maybe yes. someone made, like, a recap of my career, like, videos, like, all corny, but but it wasn't, like, oh, too sentimental. Sick. Yeah, we kind of just, like, got hammered and just uh yeah i don't know it was it was just a good time it's a good way to leave you know yeah i feel like more people should do that that's yeah. like a nice <laughs> a nice way to officially call it quits a celebration of the career and i never got like the turning pro party so i think um oh there the, you go you know you know retirement <laughs> party was uh deserved i guess yeah <laughs> So, you have any stories about growing up next to the legend Chad Fernandez? <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> yeah, weirdly, we like grew up right across the street from each other uh, in in Montebello. Um, but uh, God, he's you know he's been in the fucking industry since I don't know mid '80s. So by the time I started skating, he was. I can't remember if he was pro already, but he was skating for Acme, I believe, and he was a fucking shredder, man. Oh, yeah, he was crazy. Yeah, those younger days, like, he was he was really good for sure. But, yeah, he would just sell us, like, Acme boards, and then he skated for Think later on, so then we'd, he'd sell us, like, stuff for hella cheap, like fucking Trehobel boards or fucking Phil Shaw decks that were pretty sick. But he'd like hit me up at night and be like, yo, you want to buy anything? And be like, no, I'm good. He'd be like, what about your friends? Your friends want to buy some shit? I was just like, I don't know, dude. It's like 11 at night. I'll, I guess I'll call them and ask for you. I don't know. Um, but Chad's yeah, he trying was, to party? Yeah, he's, I don't know what he was doing, but he was trying to make some loot off of me, my <laughs> friends. But yeah, I remember he like, he went to like, the um this like private school so he's like super like you know education focused he's a you know he's a smart dude but um i remember he like caught me like ditching school to go skate one day and he was just like dude shouldn't ditch school man like stay in school get an education man i was just like uh <laughs> sure <laughs> sure <laughs> right i was like yeah right. like it was a dork it's good but yeah, that's that's Chad Fernandez, legend. Two rail chompers living across the street from each other. Yeah, what the hell's up with that? <laughs> so, we're also gonna need a Jamie Thomas story. It's pretty much <laughs> mandatory at this point. We heard he was supposed to give you a tattoo. Oh man, does Jamie ever like email you guys? He's like, dude, what the fuck? Stop getting people to <laughs> shit on me all the time. <laughs> Had some phone calls, but not too many lately. No, but this time it <laughs> the was, stories are actually getting it better. Was a shout, it was a positive shout out this time. He like redirected you to Foundation, man. Shouts to the yeah. chief. Oh yeah, you know what? Like, 
for sure like sent me on a trajectory of uh sent me in the right direction for sure so yeah i do a lot to i owe a lot to jamie also like he he put me on in his clothing i don't know if you guys remember that yeah um he had like the sparrow logo and it's like he would like go out of his way and like just print the shirts on like really nice like polo tees and like send them to the team i was like damn that's really nice these are like such great quality t-shirts to skate i don't know like no one ever really did that um you know later in in my career he i guess insight do you guys remember that clothing company Mm -hmm. it was like this australian um clothing company but i think black box ended up distributing them in the u.s and i don't know if he like put himself on the team but he like was definitely on the team and then kicked off like shire and like brian brown which is like two of my favorite i was like god damn it jamie (laughs) (laughs) he just kicked off the fucking best dudes and then like i took a pay cut everyone took like a half like pay cut like cut in half and i was like fuck and then um but you know the company was still going and we'd go on these little we went on this one trip in particular kind of just like he like bought this like 70s van and we and we just drove out to i think we made it to like new mexico if I'm not mistaken, or at least at least Phoenix and back, but um, yeah, I mean Jamie's a shit, but there's always like a, I feel like there's always like an ulterior motive in his plans. So, on that trip, he's like telling me he started like tattooing, and I was like, oh, f- that's amazing! Like, that's so cool. I'd love to get a tattoo from Jamie Thomas. He's one of my favorite skateboarders of all time. But he always has, like has to turn it into like. <laughs> like an like an event where he could like turn it into like some sort of like marketing like ploy. <laughs> so like you know like I've been on tours you know like Richie Belton would like give tattoos on trips or something you know like my friend Thomas like on Bummer High like we would just like have beers and like tattoo people in a hotel room it was like something to do. But Jamie's like to the filmer and like photographer he's like we're gonna be in my room in like 20 minutes like set up we're gonna do tattoos and i i don't know how i i was just like so over it i was just like yeah i don't know like i i don't know how i bailed or how i got out of it but i i didn't end up doing it i was just like so annoyed at that um fucking jamie but i mean that's why he's a fucking so good at what he does you know like He's always got that like mentality, like I got, I could turn this into fucking something awesome that people could relate to, and like, I don't know. Also, <laughs> I think that same night, we took a cab some to a party where we were like hosting an event, and then on the way back took a cab as well. But that, like, the return cab trip was like slightly more expensive than the first, so he just berated the driver it was just like well we took this earlier and it was like six dollars and eighty cents like why is it seven hundred seven dollars and forty cents that i just like did not stop arguing with this driver and i was just like so tired of the point i was just i just walked off i just remember i think they're still like arguing i was just like fucking christ <laughs> but i mean again that's like why he I'm pretty sure he got, like, Entrepreneur of the Year in, like, San Diego Magazine or some shit like that. But, I mean, like, <laughs> because he's a fucking penny pincher, man, he's just, like, that's just his mentality. Yeah. 
Yeah, fucking Jamie. You know what? He's he's the <laughs> shit. I just want to end it with he's awesome. He's great. Hell he's yeah. We love the chief over here at the bunt, man. <laughs> Hell yeah. Nothing but love. Real shit. The stories are the best, though, man. <laughs> Everybody has a Jamie story. That's what makes it so good, man. Like, <laughs> I know. He's no just matter like... what, he's just like touched so many people in the industry. It's fucking crazy. It's incredible. <laughs> So we heard you had some homeless homies down by the lake, especially a guy named Red. Oh, uh, what's up with those guys, man? <laughs> how, how do you meet the guys down by the lake? Just during pandemic, it's like, you know, no one was like gathering indoors. So uh, I don't know if you guys been to L.A., but we live in an area called, called Echo Park and there's a lake. And uh, it kind of just turned into like this huge hot spot during like pandemic where everyone would just go and like have you know outdoor beers and like it was like the only time you'd get to like see your friends but it also like attracted mm-hmm. a lot of homeless in the time i think that was all over the news it's like the amount of like homeless that like accumulated at the lake it was like this huge community but there was like mm-hmm. we would kind of kick it on the like other opposite side of that and like there was a couple tents there and um these two like oh man red was like this like 50 he's like 60 year old like vietnamese like rocker dude and like this other guy billy who's like this like i don't know fucking boots wearing like country guy kind of other like (laughs) rock and roll guy but they lived in like this little ass tent together and they're always just like you know they're just like fucking leaving las vegas like drinking themselves to death at that point but they but they would like bicker like a married couple it was so funny but yeah i don't know we kind of just like befriended red like we just give them beers here and there and they were just fucking volatile man they'd just be like screaming at people like we were so used to it and they're cool with us but like other people would, like trip they'd be like should we call the cops on this little vietnamese dude or <laughs> but then um God, that was like a year where like he just disappeared. We're like, dude, Billy killed Red for sure, and like (laughs) fucking threw his body in the lake. (laughs) He just disappeared. We were just so worried about him for like at least a year, man. And uh, dude, I think Billy like split town. Yeah, Billy split town too. And you're just like, dude, that motherfucker killed Red. (laughs) They like had too many one night. Red fucking resurfaced one day. I was just like at nice. on the street, and I, he's like, I don't know. He's he just showed up back into our lives, man. I was like, Red, you're alive. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what happened? I haven't seen him in months. So, but he's still kicking. Yeah, last time I checked the lake, he was uh, he was still alive. <laughs> That's what's up. <laughs> Halloween just passed, and we heard you're a big fan of it. Uh, what was your best costume of all time, and what were you this year? Oh, damn. Uh, damn, just off the top of my head, I have two that I really, really liked. One was, um, God, this is probably like 20, 20 odd years ago. But um, do you remember uh, the Karate Kid Halloween scene when he dresses up as a shower? No. So there's... You know, in the movie Karate Kid, he goes to a Halloween dance party, like, at his high school. But, um, 
yeah, he kind of just has like this rod sticking out of like. I, actually, I don't know how he they rigged it in the movie, but like. Oh my god! But like he had the shower curtain around him, with like a, a shower nozzle with like streamers. <laughs> But I don't know. I thought it was like the funniest thing I've ever. And I just did that once, and people just like had such a kick. Yeah, they were like people would just like jump in and like party with you, like in the shower. <laughs> the great costume for any single man. That's so good at a party. <laughs> this year, I was just fucking Neo from The Matrix. It was sick. Oh, let's go. <laughs> Classic. Yeah, I just had some like Matrix. I haven't watched the new one though. Uh, don't do it. I made it like 10 minutes in. I was like, this is fucking terrible. Yeah, that's what I've heard. So I, I haven't gone out of my way to yeah. do that to myself yet. <laughs> don't, don't do it. But, um, yeah. The fun. original will always live on. That's sick. I'm, yeah. I'm guessing you dressed up as Neo from the original. Yeah. With like, the, maybe it was like the second one, Resurrection. Is that what it was called? Okay. But yeah, with like the long kind of what you call that thing like it's like an extra long trench coat looking thing it's super hilarious yeah yeah can you take us behind the scenes on your backsmith and that's life on that i don't know where it is is it in europe on the like hubba rail oh yeah on that session yeah that's in cologne germany i believe and it's just like this most perfect hubba i remember it was like kind of like at the end of a trip and i was just really sore and i remember just like having like tiger balm and just like tight like balming my legs up but um you know just like really working it in there just so you can get like a good like half you know you pop some advil or something and then you just like you're like all right i'm good for like 30 minutes for sure (laughs) and I, i feel like we like had we're staying right there somewhere so we i feel I could be totally wrong, but like I, I thought we like skated to there from where we were staying, or like, or maybe it was like a, we parked a little bit further away. But um, I remember getting like a burning sensation, like on my wiener, and I was like, "What the <laughs> fuck?" Like just like pushing down the street, and like it was like getting hotter and hotter, and I was like, "What the fuck is happening?" To the, it, it never got like unbearable but I was just like dude what the fuck I was like freaking out and I was like oh the fucking tiger bomb and I just taken a leak like after I don't know <laughs> yeah that was like right before so I had like a burning wiener doing a backsmith down that hubba um, I went back there once years later with uh, Staba we are like on some like Nike trip and we like took a train down there I think like solely for the purpose like of him skating it maybe and we were maybe we were with like John Humphreys the photographer and then um, so we make this like day trip to go down there finally get there and there was like there was a, a motorcycle parked in front of it like right at the landing and Brad was yeah. fucking pissed. So uh, Brad's just like, John, John, get your uh, Polaroid out. Because uh, back, you know, like you're shooting like on a hostel blood and there's like a Polaroid backing, you know, kind of like a test strip that's like develops instantly. <laughs> so he, he takes his nutsack out and he puts him on the handlebar of the motorcycle. <laughs> Has John take a photo of him doing that. 
and then he leaves oh, the Polaroid no. on the motorcycle. <laughs> oh no! Oh hell no! Oh man, it's so funny. Brad's like one of the most human, like the most funniest humans I've ever seen in my life. But I'll just, I always just imagine like what it was like for that guy to like come out of class because I think that spots it like out of university. But he, I just like came out of class and like he's like, oh, weird photo of my bike at the bottom of the stairs here, and just like taking a closer look and just like seeing like just the just balls like on his fucking oh <laughs> handle God, God damn it man <laughs> that's below the belt <laughs> wow uh, and it's like it doesn't even explain why it happened it's no like no skaters felt entitled to this hubba i mean he, so they're he, pissed at you now he probably didn't even know skaters <laughs> Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, it doesn't. Yeah, there's yeah. no explanation behind it. No, which makes it even more fucking. He might have lost bizarre. his mind after that, trying to figure it out. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. He probably like made up so many scenarios in his head of like, oh, like why this yeah, girl's yeah, boyfriend yeah. or something like. I like to think so. To yeah. Class. <laughs> Um, yeah, Brad. Did he could have blamed anyone for that? Anybody could have felt the wrath. He of that. still wonders about it till this day. <laughs> so you were working in the FA warehouse for a while. How was that? It was really hard work, man. Yeah, I started in the warehouse, and I was probably doing that for like a year. But Jesus, it was like two of us in the warehouse at that point. It was me and this and uh, John Fecky, who's the warehouse manager. But uh. God damn, it was fucking gnarly. It was, uh, those guys sell a lot of skateboards, so it was just, you know, it was, uh, it was hard work, man. Yeah, I don't know. That's all I could describe it as. I mean, Jimmy Bridges was my boss, which was pretty intense. Oh, shit. Yeah, I mean, moved into sales, like, shortly after, but, um, it was a humbling experience, man. It was like, I think there was, like, a couple... You know, a couple of years where I kind of wasn't, kind of wasn't really doing the most on my board, and then, yeah, like Nike kind of let me go, and then I kind of just like, you know, just having like a board sponsor wasn't like enough to pay the bills, and then had like a string of like um, just random jobs here and there, and then I remember like coming back after like we were doing like this, we were judging these contests for a summer for fucking zoomies and then came home and i was like dude i need a job like pronto just something like steady and i was like no i wanted to be like in the skate industry so it's like racking my brain i was like who the fuck is in la and i was like oh fa and at the time i had like no idea who the fuck what fa really was besides that like um donovan skated for hockey and they were like you know kind of like a sister companies i guess so i just hit him up and he was like mm-hmm. yeah hit up hit up um britches and i did and then just like interviewed with him which is like such a terrifying experience because he's like the <laughs> scariest human i've ever met in my life um but yeah then that's that's how it started man but it was like so weird just like packing orders and like i don't know like gino would walk and he's like just like double take like oh what are you doing here? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh, I'm just packing all these fucking orders. I, I work here in the warehouse. He's like, oh, okay. Huh. Or like, 
I don't know, like I'd see like guy like guy Mariano like stop and say what's up and he'd be like, Oh, you work here? Crazy. <laughs> or like team like team dudes, like fucking um I remember like KB came in one like the one of the first times I met him, I think. And he had these dogs and then they you know, we had like all these like um online orders that like were packing and they're just like all scattered over the ground. And then um one of his dogs like took a shit on like one of the packages and I was like <laughs> I was like, Well, I guess it's my job to fucking clean this up and he's like, Oh shit, oh, sorry no. dude. I was like, No, dude, it's it's cool. I don't even I don't know if he knew who I was at that point or anything, but I was just like <laughs> It's very humbling when you're just like, you know just like fucking warehouse life. I don't know, it's super funny, man. Yeah, I don't know, it's humbling and um yeah, after skating, it's just, like, kind of, like, rad to have been, like, given that opportunity to, like, you know, I didn't go to college, so I was, like, rad to, like, learn just, I don't know, how the, I don't know, how a company works and, like, learning sales and this and that. So, yeah, it was cool. So, are you doing sales at FA now? Uh, I just put in my two weeks yesterday, and... Uh, oh, shit. Damn. Yeah, so it was a good, you know, I was there for six years, probably did sales for five of those and uh but yeah man i don't know it's just a good experience just learned a lot still learning you know stoked to have been given the opportunity it was it's a great brand and um yeah but next chapter well shit that's a crazy timing to ask you that question but uh i know it was a weird uh like i hardly slept the other day because i was like fuck i gotta like draft this like resignation like email and like you know you know just like leaving on like the best terms as possible so it's like you know it's like a really tricky email it's, you just don't like word it like perfectly you know but like and then on top of that i was like fucking podcast also this weekend god damn it <laughs> <laughs> the butt i was like oh damn shit it. They're going to ask all these questions. I'm going to have to, like, talk. I don't know. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, you're nailing it. Oh. What's next for Daniel Shimizu, man? What uh, what do you got planned for us here? Um, More of the same. I think um, nothing's, like, set in stone yet, but I'm, I'm talking to a couple companies to work for. It's still in the skate industry, which is cool. But uh, mm-hmm. also another sales role, but... I don't know. I'll be reaching out to a skate shop near you soon enough, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. And any plans with skating? No, other than to just skate and just have fun with it, man. I, I didn't skate for like two years, honestly. I was just like so burnt just working every day. And then, I don't know, I kind of just like needed that time to just, I don't know, just find it on my own again like on my terms and just like i don't know just fucking have fun it's like there's a there's a real joy in it there's a reason why i chose it to be a part of my life for so long and then i, I kind of lost that mm-hmm. for a little bit and then to just find that again it just like just makes me so happy like i make it a point to skate like at least two or three times a week even if it's just a curb or fucking something you know fly ground or just because it 
mm-hmm. I don't know, just the act of skateboarding, it just, it just brings me such joy. It's just like, I was never such a good skateboarder, but like, I think I just really enjoy the feeling of it. And that's like, and I, you know, I think that shows and it's just like, dude, I think that's why everybody fucking likes doing it. That's awesome, man. Yeah, oh, sometimes yeah. just got to get back to the basics. Oh, for sure. how we fell in love with it in the first place. Man, exactly. Especially, like, having a pro career like you did and then, you know, retiring and then still being in the industry. Like, that's so much fucking skating that I could see getting burnt out for sure. Skate fucking overload, man. But it's, like, literally all I know. And it's, like, it's what I love, so. Yeah. But sick, man. Love to hear that you you refound the love and you're you're back out there two three times a week, man. That's that's fucking impressive. I mean, it's pretty low impact, mm-hmm. but I know you guys are oh, still fucking just to find the time, man. Jumping yeah. down some shit, still. I'm not. I'm skating like a curb, dude. <laughs> nah, but seriously, getting out there two three times a week is easier said than done. Every year we get older, man. Yo, 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 it's Rapid Fire with the Ghost, and this week we're brought to you by the number one truck. Yeah, that's Thunder Trucks, and they let us in on a little secret. Maria Duran has a new part dropping any day now, with one part already under her belt this year. She just kept stacking and has another one ready to go, so keep your eyes peeled. Easy to see why she's got her name on a pro truck dropping soon too. You know it's her truck style of choice. Thunder hollow lights with extra strong hollow axles, premium grade hollow kingpins, and super light forge base plates. Keep your eye on your local shop for Maria's new truck and all the newest thunders. Enchantment, Silo, 35th North, Shred Shop, and Bliss Skate Shop always have you covered. You know the bunt doesn't mess with anything else. Thunder trucks, man. Hey, Mr. Shimizu, you ready for a little rapid fire? Oh, man. Yeah, fuck it. (laughs) (laughs) Favorite skater? Mike Carroll. Favorite video? Virtual reality. Favorite video part? Steve Olsen, Tentacles of Destruction. It's such a fucking weird, bizarre video part. And he's like, (laughs) so sketchy, but just rad. I don't know. I I highly recommend anyone to just go YouTube it. It's fucking great. Favorite style? Dude, Gino, Mike Carroll, fucking, you know, early 90s dudes. Gino, for sure. I want someone to, like, write a paper on, like, why Gino's style is so superior. Because I can't, like, put it into words. (laughs) (laughs) Which skater had the biggest influence on the way you skate? Probably, like, a mix between, like, you know, like, the girl chocolate camp, but also, like, Tamietto, like, um, Jamie and Ed, you know, like, fucking uh, Welcome to Hell era, Barley, uh, Eastern Exposure, like, those dudes, Eastern Exposure 3 was just, like, such an influence on me. Most talented skateboarder on planet Earth. Day one, for sure. Hell yeah. Favorite trick? Kickflip. Hardest trick for you? Hard flip. Most illegal trick? Lazy grind. I think uh, wheelie grind or whatever the fuck. Is that what you guys call it? (laughs) Yeah, wheelie. Fuck, why would you ever do that trick? Jesus Christ. Favorite clip you've ever gotten? 
probably the hurricane, Bricktown. Hell yeah. Worst trend you've been a part of? Do you remember when like, people had like long hair and they'd have like, the fucking um, like the uh, shoelace headband? <laughs> <laughs> I might have started that, but you know, there's no way to prove that, which is great. But um, yeah, I don't know, man. Jesus Christ. <laughs> What's the gnarliest trick you've ever witnessed? Probably Gareth Steer. He always is like 21 stare. And I, th- I think it's that's life. But just like seeing oh, yeah. like the state he was in, like he was probably super hungover. Dude, like looks like he doesn't skate regularly, and then just like does like the. <laughs> 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 so you just like just fucking fear for his life. You know what I mean? And dude, this was like a huge twenty-one stare. Like it was like each stare was like extra tall. And it was like, if I remember, it was like cobble stuff, like lined kind of like there was like these. It just like looked mountainous for some. Like it was like there was like no. There was like nothing like safe about this set. It was like the worst set you could have picked. <laughs> and we were there because I was filming some manual trick inside the school, and he's just like found this mountain, and he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna all of this, and I was just like, really fuck okay but yeah for sure it was just and then he did it first try and just landed so dude i don't know he's like a weird like rubber band and just like <laughs> just takes like the impact and i was like holy shit he's alive i don't know it was great what's the one trick that got away i think filming for chronicles i probably went back to try to get this trick at la high like at least nine times and like landed on it like fucking at least 20 times but i don't know if it like it's like a wall you know that la high spot that like andrew allen skates it's like the really steep bank in front of the school um Mm -hmm. i don't know if like so like wally back threeing out of it but just like i don't know just like felt cool and i thought it like looked cool so i really wanted to get it but yeah it's kind of like this like Mm. wall ride wally-ish back three but dude i don't know i tried it dude so many times i've tried everything just like sweeping the run up and then like pouring coke on the fucking bank so it's like a little bit stickier and then just fucking i don't know different boards fucking wheel fucking hardnesses and i was just like losing my i never got it but i'm probably landed on it like 20 times yeah out of like nine maybe eight times eight or nine times and it's like not even like the. i'm sure some kid could probably do it fucking first go but i was like i don't know why i wanted to do it so bad but i thought it like looked cool i don't fucking know but yeah that one definitely got away damn that would have been sick i still haven't seen it so still there man you're back Uh, on point let's get it (laughs) Uh, yeah i gotta go back man fuck What's the biggest bunt you've ever witnessed? Dude, I did that. I didn't, like, say it to people, but I, I really wanted to go to Hubba Hideout. It's probably, like, 99 or 98 or something. And, like, in my mind, I was just, like, you know, like, we took a trip up to SF. And I was like, fuck, I really wanted... I wanted, in my head, I wanted to do kickflip front blunt. But I was just like, dude, I oh. fucking got this. <laughs> You're like, dude, 
because I had done it like on the ledge before and I was like dude I'm just gonna fucking throw it out there and just it's gonna work dude it's gonna fucking I don't know it's gonna be like a game changer <laughs> like career wise <laughs> I wasn't like talking about it though this is in my head at least so yeah. but I remember just getting there because it's been years since I've seen it and getting there and just being like so humbled by just like it's sheer like height <laughs> and appearance i was like oh god yeah i was what am i was like what am i smoking right now i'm like getting on that I can't kick with that high oh, like so fucking crazy <laughs> bro that's amazing that's a massive mental bunt i love it oh man funny enough cr- kind of crazy coincidence i was down there fuck in 2006 uh-huh. i believe 2006 or 7 and me and me and our buddy Aiden just like went to go look at it and a Canadian legend this guy Ryan Outen was trying kick front blunt and he didn't do it but he fucking uh, locked one and just seeing no. him lock one was pretty mind blowing yeah god yeah it's like <clears throat> just I know too the fucking my mindset like dude I can't kick with that. How the fuck am I thinking? Oh, dude. If you did that in 99, you would have shut down skateboarding, man. What? Oh, my <laughs> goodness. So sick. What's the last new trick you learned? Dude, honestly, backside slappies, dude. I never had those well. Like, I would just fucking smash into it and just, like, hope I would get near something that resembles a slappy, but... <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's, like, this subtle trick where you kind of just, like, dip your, like, front toe kind of and then, like, hop a little bit and you kind of just, like, easily just get in there and grind. I was just like, oh, shit. I could actually do this trick now. But, yeah, as simple as that is, I was just like, I just, like, never had that. Damn. Yeah. Well, I need some trick tips then because I still ain't got a prayer when it comes to oh, those. Oh, man. Yeah, just... Dip the toe, and then, yeah. Yeah, it's not even like a smash into it kind of thing. It's more like a very, like, finesseful. Like, front side is more of like a f- smash kind of into it. Back side is kind of more of like a, like a little toe dip hop kind of thing. And then you're just, I don't know. All right, all right. It's probably a bunt, but... You used to do them though. We when you were doing them at the pond, was it front side or backside? Backside. I think I like fluked maybe like the trifest one of all time out, but I never mm. never felt comfortable. You guys were trying your your damnedest to get me to do it. Dream job after skating. I don't know. Something quiet and like alone, like fucking park ranger or something would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fucking dope yeah right favorite local brand uh i'm gonna go with just shit that i could walk to in my neighborhood like despair books cookbook fucking groceries fucking <laughs> marriage marriage skate shop down the street they're all just like homies that like have businesses around here and it's uh and it's what makes my neighborhood cool so favorite local skater Derek Stanko. What's the one sponsor you regret riding for? My friend Ryan started this backpack company called Pipsqueaks. And we had 
and we had commercials like early, like you know, like four one one days. Oh my god! But he like made us wear the backpacks in the clip. <laughs> like we couldn't just submit a trick to the commercials. Like you have to go out wearing the backpack. Oh no! <laughs> but I mean, I give him shit for that all the time, and he knows it was like such a fucking hilarious idea. But it, you know, he moved on to. And they're just like the craziest shaped backpacks at the time, and the logo was like so funny. But I mean, he he went on to be one of the main shoe designers for Vans. So I mean, you gotta start somewhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I always give him shit for Pip Squeak's backpacks, man. I'm, dude, if someone could find that commercial on YouTube, you're gonna be in for a treat. Yeah. Oh, all the four one ones are there, man. Yeah, someone could find that shit. That's amazing. Favorite teammate ever? I think it's too easy to say, like, Strubing or, or Clint, because, you know, I still hang out with those dudes, like, fucking on the on the rags. But uh, I'm going to have to go Ollie Todd, maybe, man. English dude. He's, like, the perfect mix of just, like, fucking over it, but super fucking hilarious, kind of salty, but I don't know. Like... <laughs> Might get like a fucking dance party at four in the morning, like down a party. I don't know. This is back then, but he's got like a kid and he's like a writes poetry now. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. He was always just such a rad dude. Shout out to fucking Ollie Todd, man. Love your skating. Sick. I haven't heard that name in a while. Worst teammate ever. Okay, so this is like from the perspective of like twenty-two-year-old me, and it's like I'm gonna go Corey Duffel. He was, like, the most fucking outrageous, you know, just, like, punk rock attitude, just, like, fucking, blah, fucking, like, I don't know, just, just, like, just such a punk and, like, rude and fucking, like, (laughs) over the top, and I was just, like, so fucking probably high and just, like, over it and just being, like, what the fuck is, what are you doing, kind of shit. But, you know, like, later on, I, I realized, like, I was like, oh, this is, like, your persona and, like, you're marketing yourself. I'm like, oh, this is why you sell fucking eight times more boards than I do. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know what? Like, fucking power to him, man. Fucking, he's, like, a he was a genius at marketing himself. And I was just, like, a salty <laughs> fucking, like, annoyed kid. So, but, um, you know, like, he's he's amazing. We fucking... Never had a problem with him, really, but I remember just being annoyed by it back then. Him and, like, Leah would... Also, like, we just, like... You know, when you're, like, that big of the personality, like, on the team, and you're that good, and you're going, and, like, dude, you're the guy, and, like, you're skating the biggest shit. Like, no one cares what, like, I want... No one cares about, like, the bank spot I want to go to. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like... (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, that was, you know, for sure a little bit of, like, there was, like, a little animosity or, like, some, like, jealousy or something. But, like, but, yeah, I don't know. He was, he was just, he was the man, dude. And, like, he knew it. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Fucking, he's, he's the shit, though. Yeah, shouts to Corey. Yeah, for sure. Where's company? Fucking energy drinks. <laughs> probably. Worst trend. I'm going to say, like, the safety hands thing, or, you know what really fucking gets me is, like, zooming in when people are landing a trick. 
Mm. It's like, when did it become the thing where it's like, I always thought watching someone's like roll away was maybe like one of the best parts of the trick. But to just like zoom in, I'm like, dude, you just missed fucking so much action. And then like hugging (laughs) after too, just like, dude, stop hug. Okay, I'm not saying stop hugging your friends after they do a trick, but maybe stop putting it in the edit. (laughs) I don't know, stop fucking editing it in there. God damn it. I feel like Strobeck, he's, you know, always pushing the limits and like, innovating in that world but then when other people are trying to copy it it's just sometimes it just gets too much you know a hundred percent yeah like when when strobeck did it, it's like damn that's a fucking new take on like an old fucking subject you know what i mean but like dude when it's like i don't know man it's too much of it yeah when it's done wrong like when it's not done well it's like so hard to watch but sometimes yeah, the the lines, man, can drive me crazy sometimes where it's like they do a trick and then like all of a sudden they're zooming in on their face and then zooming oh all the way back out for the second trick. God like, oh, damn it. A fucking headache over here watching this. Part. The the face one. Oh my goodness. Who's the dude? <laughs> What's the video? He's like a super handsome kid on fucking Death Wish. Oh, Dwyer, dude. There's that video he's just in, and it's just oh, like yeah. face every time. You're like, all right, I get it. It's like he's <laughs> I was like fucking face chiseled from stone, man. It's just like, but let's see his skating, man. <laughs> like fucking, I don't know. I, he's amazing, yeah. he, dude. Such an amazing skater. Nah, it's chill. It yeah, you're right though. Like some, if you do it, you know, slide one or two in there, it's chill. But when it's like. You don't have to zoom into his face for every single line. You know, it's like, all right, man. I did enjoy that video, that whatever it was called, and whoever did it, it was fucking great. Worst style. I think I'm just going to go Daniel Haney, just because he looked so crazy on a skateboard, but he could do the gnarliest shit. I feel like I like talk to like Beagle and like Heath and they're like, oh yeah, we just put them on. So we just like drive them around and like, we would just watch them like grind the craziest shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like they just put them on for like entertainment. They're just like, dude. For a split second, I thought you might say Gareth Stir Cause <laughs> I think last time, <laughs> last time someone asked us that question in the post office, I had just watched That's Life on YouTube again, and he was fresh in my head. And as much as I loved him as a kid, I had to, I had to bless the legend. But you said Damn. it yourself. You're like, sometimes he looks like he hasn't been skating much or something regularly. I saw him. God, this was probably a few years ago, but we skated like the skate park, and he did like a nose manual. But, like, dude, he looked like he hadn't skated. I don't think he had skated in a long time. He's probably just had, like, you know, <laughs> been drinking a little too much, like, more than he should have been. But, like, I remember him, like, nose manually, like, the, like, the box. But it was, like, the most, like, <laughs> like, <slowly. laughs> like, up and down. Like, oh, dude, that was the craziest nose manual I've ever ever seen like he didn't touch wheels or nose or anything but it was just like oh god like that's too oh, good. Shit. 
Yo, shouts yeah. to Gareth, yo. I know, he's a fucking, he's a man. Alright, man, last person you want on the sesh. Dude, the guy that won't stop arguing with the security guard. It's oh, like, yeah. just, just <laughs> leave, dude. There's no way you're changing, there's no way you're changing his mind. He fucking hates his job. The only <laughs> fucking action he's getting is kicking your ass out of the spot. <laughs> Just come back at a stealthier hour. I don't know. I don't need to fucking hear you argue with this dude. But yeah, probably that. that. That's a classic. That's that's for damn sure. <laughs> we all know a few of those guys. <laughs> it's kind of fun though, right? But you're no, you know, you're never gonna get. You're never gonna like. This guy's not gonna budge. Like he's never I gonna. I feel like when you're kids, it's. It's actually a lot of fun, like messing around with them. Yeah. But then you get to the point where you're like, "Fuck, what am I doing here?" Yeah. Anyways, you know. Yeah, you're never changing the security guard's mind. Just, just go. No. Yeah. All right, y'all. That's gonna wrap up our interview with Daniel Shimizu, man. Like we said, long time coming. Glad we finally got to do this. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, man. It's been a blast. Hell yeah, man. All right, thanks for listening. Bye. Welcome back to the post office, brought to you by our good friends over at Dickie's Skateboarding. Quality workwear since 1922. From the work site to the streets, Nobody keeps you fitted like Dickies. All right, Ghost, who we got up first? You've got mail. Yo, first up, we got an email from Lou Walker. Yo, it's your boy, Lou Two Puds, Manchester, England. Is there any of your favorite sports stars, past or present, that you think would fit into any skate brand or crew? If so, what particular time or edit would work best? All right, um, we've done this one a handful of times. The post office is way too packed these days, so when ones come up that we've already answered, we just got to keep it moving. So sorry, Lou. Appreciate it. Your uh, your example was hilarious. My call is ex-Arsenal defender Hector Bellerin. That man had some serious outlandish D's that G would slot right into the Palace squad, in particular 2017 full-length <laughs> Palasonic. I love uh, how specific you're getting. But yeah, going forward... We can't uh, do questions we've already had. Sorry, people. Keep them original, but we love you. And we know there's new listeners, so not everyone knows what's been done, but the post office is honestly just popping out of control. All right, next up, we've got an email from Sebastian Vanderwood. AD Jones and Ghost, I'm just graduating from high school soon and looking at universities in Toronto. What are some of your guys' favorite skate parks and street spots in Toronto? Where's it at? Love the pod, Sebastian. I mean, if you're lucky, you'll be going to a campus that's downtown Toronto. I know there are some on the outskirts and skating can be a little bit harder out in the suburbs, but if you're downtown Toronto, you're pretty much, you're set, man. You got Dunbat, you've got Ashbridge is pretty close. You've got Wallace. I think Dufferin's gonna be back. Um, and then obviously skating the downtown core, nothing beats it. Uh, yeah, just stay on campus downtown and you'll be chilling. Yeah, if you go to 
University of Toronto. Spots all over that campus, including uh, a perfect little mani pad that's not really a bust. So that's always a hit. You'll be fine, man. Just just try and get downtown still. Dunbat, you know what I'm saying? All the spots, all the foods, everything you need. Good luck, man. All right, next up, we got an email from Feeble Neville. What's up, boys? Great to know you guys are back. New season is keeping my dusty ass sane. I'll keep it as quick as I can so Safa doesn't get his panties all twisted up. No promises, though. All right, you just wasted... 10 seconds so i just got shoulder surgery a month ago and i can't skate for another five months i've been skating for 10 years and i've never had to go that long without skating i've had bad injuries before but never anything with this much recovery time so i was just wondering how do you guys normally deal with being injured for long amounts of time and what helps you guys stay grounded like new skills you picked up or just ways to pass the time i live about 30 minutes from the border of canada and washington So it's just been raining a lot, which is nice, but I'm bored as shit. Any advice is much appreciated. Last question. I've always been more sparked on local videos, more than watching videos that are coming out on the more mainstream skateboarding platforms. Not saying I don't like those videos. I still watch that stuff a lot, but I'm just saying what I prefer. So if you guys had to choose between watching only local videos from Toronto or mainstream skate videos forever, what would you pick? Much love, boys, and keep killing it. Shout out to all the Green Lake heads back home. Um, shit, something to pass your time right now. If I were you, if I had any interest in sports, it's fantasy sports season, man. Basketball is cooking right now. The NHL, the NFL. Play some free games and maybe start betting with some real money. That will uh, time will fly by, man. I thought it was week one in the NFL just last weekend. So now it's the middle of November. So that's how you make time pass. And then just keep other hobbies as well, man. Like Safer plays a lot of basketball. I play hockey. We just stay active, stay busy. Keep your mind off skating as much as possible. As far as choosing between local videos and mainstream, fuck. Back in the day, I might say I'd keep it local to Canada, but we just don't have enough real videos coming out right now. So pretty much forced to watch the worldwide stuff, and I don't think I'd give that up anyways. Yeah, um, for the surgery stuff, one thing I'll say is just having some friends who have been through the, the shoulder stuff, specifically Mitch Barrett popped his out a billion times i think he had one surgery and then started popping it out again because he didn't like take the recovery serious and then he had like a gnarlier surgery and like he took the physio seriously so if as much as you hate this right now just please be digilant sorry the fuck i made up a word vigilant about your physio and you're gonna feel like you can skate after four months or four and a half months or whatever just really be disciplined and do the full six months without skating because that injury is so easily recurring like you'll be so sad if you pop it back out because you started skating too soon so just good luck just be patient and take the physio serious as far oh what do i do fuck i don't know man watch every series known to man um 
swimming. I don't know if you'll be allowed to do that as part of your physio, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Everyone's different, but just just stay occupied, man. You'll figure it out and be patient. And then I prefer local videos as well, but there's not enough local content. So if I had to choose just one, it's tough. I'd probably go mainstream because I want to know what's going on around the world, but I do get more excited for like a local video. That's for sure. Shit, we got one coming this Thursday, man. Tomorrow, House of Vans, Toronto, new blue towel video. Shout out to all the big dogs, man. Uh, next up, we've got a voice note from Alex Perry. Let's take a listen. Oh, g'day, guys. Uh, my name's Alex. I'm calling from Brisbane, down in Australia. Um, be listening to the pods in season one. I'm pretty sure Slapforum's got me onto it. So surprising, but always good when something positive does come from there. Um, yeah, the reason for my call is uh, recently uh, dislocated my right knee, um, and this will be the fifth time that I've done it throughout my life. So stacking up the numbers there in a bad way. Um, just wondering what you guys have done to get over the mental hurdle of getting back on the board. Like, I've been going to physio and doing my exercises, but I'm still pretty pretty shook from it and um, not really too keen to do that injury again. You know, I want to be able to run around with hypothetical kids I might have one day. And as much as I love skating, you know, I've got a job and other things going on and I, I can't really afford to, to keep putting myself out like this. So... You know, I want to skate, but on the other hand, it's it's really tough. You know, I don't want to be able to walk when I'm, you know, 50 or 60. Um, yeah, just, you know, I want to hear what you guys think. Um, bloody love the pod. Keep it up. Would love to hear another Mitch Barrett episode. Probably my favourite one ever, and I think a lot of people would agree. Cheers, guys. Yeah, we got to run Mitch back this summer when he's in town for the bunt jam um shit man a little similar to our last emailer there but also very different because he's not having the recurring shit happen yet it's crazy that we're listening to that today because i was actually thinking about that today my three like longest injuries or three ankle surgeries where i couldn't skate for a year plus every time and the first one i came back from you know guns blazing no fear just so excited to be skating again and have that range of motion back and then the second one was two years later i think or three years later and a little older came back fully and like but you know doubts start to creep in just about like the fear of doing it again and then i was actually all right for maybe like five years or something and then the last one was the one that changed everything for me where I came back and my ankle's good now, but it was the mental side where now I'm just kind of like, it's weird to say I'm like terrified of skateboarding. Like I'm always, when, when I finish skating and I'm not hurt, like I'm thankful where that didn't used to be a thing. And like, sometimes I'll just look for an excuse not to skate because I just, don't want to get hurt like i'd rather be healthy the next day but at some point you got to skate so it just became this really weird thing of loving skating and always wanting to skate but then also being terrified of it at the same time because i don't want to go through that again and i think i talked about it on the pod like i was thinking about quitting 
just cause but then once you're healthy again it's just hard when everyone's out skating just like what all you want to do so it's just gonna be up to like once you're better your brain is either gonna tell you i want to skate again or it's not and i have told myself if i have to have another like crazy surgery or something then i'm done because i do really want to finish one more video part before i hang them up but i don't know where you're at so we're you're at fucking number five already so i don't know man all i can say is listen to your gut once you're healthy again if it says to skate some more skate some more if it if, if your gut says you're done then don't force it man do it do whatever feels right amen thanks for the email uh, good luck with the rehab all right next up we've got an email from david white Firstly, I think Flo Marfing may have never been mentioned on the pod, but he's up there with the best of them as far as legends go. Being such a US-dominated industry, I feel like some of the Euros don't get the recognition they deserve. Surely I've just missed it, but I don't recall ever hearing him referenced on the pod, so I wanted to shout him out as he's still killing it. Back to the question, though. Brazilians have made their mark in skateboarding in recent years and more recently i feel like japan is coming up as another big contributor to the skate world although not sure if that's just olympic hype and it'll die down soon do you guys think we'll keep seeing skating grow from japan and do you guys back their style of skating oh uh flow marfing yeah we we hit him up to get him on and he was down and then i can't remember something came up and we just didn't get around to it but he's trust me he we saw him skate in person at a demo when we were fucking kids and that dude shut down the park like gnarly <laughs> so we're both big fans he's doing like remember he front blunt shoved the rail when that just didn't even make sense as a trick he's doing all types of wild shit did he nollie heel nose blunt it too or something crazy mm-hmm. maybe yeah anyways we love flow i follow him on instagram i love seeing his manis like he's just so next level and like seems like he'll skate till he can't walk chet thomas styles um if he hasn't come up that's kind of weird but just definitely a fluke because we want to get him on and, and we love him do we back <laughs> japanese style skating what kind of question is that <laughs> yes yes we back japanese style skating man and we hope they keep keep on contributing keep on pushing what i don't like about that question limits. yeah what i don't like about that question is I'm assuming he means like the uh, ridiculously talented kids coming out destroying contests, mm -hmm. right? Because that's been, you know, a, we've been seeing a lot of that the last few years, but that in no way represents Japanese style skating. There have been incredible skaters out of Japan, street skaters for years, like way before that, like our boy Yasu, shout out to him. But that's just to name a few. Like, I remember seeing some America guys just going buck wild in Barcelona. Like, Hesh. Hesh, like, hammers and shit. Street shit. So, Japanese skaters can do a lot more than just destroy contests. And as far as, do we back that? Hell yeah, man. That's the shit that everyone be sharing in all those Insta group chats. Because it's always mind-blowing. Like, some neck... What was that one you sent me the other day, Donald? Switch 180 crook nolly flip on a hubba. Yeah. Like, of, of course we back that, man. It's just the progress progression of skating. It's fucking crazy. I've skated for 20-some years. I've never even done Switch 180 crooks. 
and <laughs> it just from the it, side dude. this shit fucks me up man the the shit these kids got going on these days like we talked about progression last week in the post office you know like mm-hmm. these kids don't even know like what's hard or like what was hard for us i don't know it's fucking crazy man yeah so yeah we back it it's fucking nuts what's not to back man shit yeah we don't skate like that we don't have the skill to skate like that and maybe it's not our contest shit isn't our favorite type of skating but i'm always down to fucking watch some gnarly ass shit why not Mm -hmm. as long as you ain't got karyumas on (laughs) (laughs) all right next up we've got an email titled no beef hope you think this is funny if not my bad and it's actually a graphic that he's created it's a picture of a hand and on the hand it's written donovan equals white safe equals black and then has the the bunt logo on the bottom i guess he has to continually remind himself who's who on the pod man it's fucking crazy that like six and a half years later people still mix us up but but we good with that man we brothers over here so it don't even fucking matter but this shit kind of made me laugh i don't know if like this is like offensive or just funny it probably lives somewhere in the middle yeah i just it's the simpsons hand right that's from the simpsons isn't it yeah four fingers yellow four-fingered hands but i just love the the audacity of sending it and like he also put it on a t-shirt as if like yeah yeah you guys should make this shirt like come on have you tripping yeah like i uh, I say we post it but like then again i honestly don't know if this is offensive or not Um, i I don't find it offensive we've just heard that so many times over the years that like just a dumb joke but maybe we're obviously not making that t-shirt if we're both cool with it well maybe we'll throw it in the story for the people to see but definitely no beef and we think it's funny man no stress you should have put your name on it bro um thank you anonymous dude all right next up we got an email from samuel carling jr what up gents my dudes awesome season once again satisfied listener big ups to the legend donnie barley on shedding light on the disease of addiction be careful out in these streets people it's okay not to be okay talk to someone and know there's a fellowship out there for all types of addictions people like you who just want to live normal and heal i'm newly sober and always here to fellowship with any socal peeps trying to go shred get at me at m-a-s-u-n-o 909 masuno 909 rest in peace deucer we miss you homie that's a beautiful email man samuel thank you for writing that in letting the people know you're there to help them man me and the ghost are the same if anybody ever wants to chat you can hit us up man and yeah shouts again to donnie barley for opening up in his interview that was huge and we've had a few emails just saying how much that meant to to them so let's keep it going all right next up we've got a voice note from jamal jones I'm so hyped after finishing another The Bunt with Sefa and Donovan. It's your man, Jay Jones. I got another question for you. You guys are so 
with the interview skills. You ask the right questions. You don't interrupt your interviewees when they're telling their stories. Mwah! Chef's kiss! So, my question is, who are your interview inspirations? Who are the interviewer goats to you? So, I only listen to sports pods. Actually, 90% listen to sports podcasts. Some of them are just like first take in, in podcast form, but there's a couple with like good interviewers. And I'd say Bill Simmons is great at interviewing his guests. Jalen and Jacoby as well, and Ryan Rosillo as well. They're all really good at not interrupting their guests. That's like one of my biggest pet peeves. Um, Donald and I try our best not to. Of course, sometimes you want to have a back and forth dialogue, but there's one fucking podcast I listen to, NBA Nerdy One, Zach Lowe's podcast, and he just drives me crazy because he always has super smart guests on and he always cuts them off and it just it just fucking drives me crazy so like by listening to zach low I, I listened to his pod before we started the bunt and so like there's certain things that if they piss you off you just don't want to do it mm-hmm. i remember er- dono in our like first year we'd always have to remind each other like yo yo like just try and wait till the end of the story before adding your two cents because we used to be we used to be pretty bad. I remember we interviewed Spence, and uh, he'd be smoking weed the whole time and talking so slow and have, like, five-second gaps between sentences, so we never knew when to hop in. And, Donald, I remember editing that one and just being going crazy because you, you kept trying to, like, start the next question or say something, and he was, like, still in his train of thought. But we've come a long way. Dude, the weed smoker pause still gets me sometimes, man. Yeah, gotta let that brain work. I actually really like the Pivot podcast that just came out with Ryan Clark, Channing Crowder, and Fred Taylor. Those guys fucking crack me up. They do a lot of talking. Channing, the crazy one. Channing's the crazy one who always has some sex shit to bring up. That guy, like, you catch me at work laughing out loud. It's probably Channing said some offside shit. And then I I love uh, David Letterman's show on what's it, on Netflix. My next guest, he goes crazy on that shit. Sometimes when it's such a high profile show like that, and the guests are crazy, it's probably easy. But David Letterman's the goat, man. Yeah, I think I watched the KD one and maybe one other. It was sick. Yeah, he did one with Cardi B that had me cracking up, bro. It was good. Oh, I got to peep that. Yeah, she's she's funny. fucking funny, man. All right, next up, we got an email from Matt T. Boys, salute from rainy London, longtime listener and first-time emailer. You've spoken to some of the greatest minds in skateboarding. Have any guests talked about something specific, like a way of looking at skating or a technique to a certain trick that has helped you in your own skating? For example, I remember hearing Rob Welsh talk about his foam roller and how all the muscles you use for manuals are on the outside of your legs, which definitely changed the way I looked at manuals. Thanks for all your hard work. Keep bringing them no punch pulling, gunshot clapping, barn burners for the people. Yo, respect first time emailer Matt. Love the UK heads in the post office. Holler at Ants One if you see him in the streets, trying to make him a celebrity out there. Um, dude, I, I've probably said this a bunch of times, but there was just one quote from Brian Herman's interview where he said, 
Do you ever expect to go skating and land something first try? And the answer for me is absolutely not. So it just kind of slowed my whole process with skating. Like it's way easier for me to not get frustrated if something takes longer than I would have liked because it's just, you know, I, I personally don't, I don't got it like that. And then another thing that changed my uh, approach to skating was from our friend Colin Passy. I spent a lot of time skating with guys like Seifa, Morgan, Cody, and Wade who have like pretty specific warm-ups where they like to do things regular and do them switch and go through a whole process of warming up. And I used to try and, and do that too. And sometimes I'd get stuck doing a, a working on a front 5018 for 45 minutes and my whole session is out the window. And Colin Passy told me, you know, not everybody has to skate like that. You can just kind of do whatever you want, man. You don't got to warm up by doing every trick you can do. And that was a big <laughs> light bulb in my head as well. So shouts to Brian Herman and Colin Passy. Two monumental quotes that changed the way I skate and warm up, man. Well, that's a great, great, great one from Colin. He is one of my favorite people to watch warm up. Because it's not, there's no real warm up. He just kind of goes straight to business. The madman that he is on a skateboard and an absolute uh, legend around these parts. We miss you wherever the fuck you are. Yeah, so definitely not expecting land shit first try. But yeah, I think you and Aiden, maybe now that you've heard that quote from Colin, you've gotten out of that, that habit. But Aiden's another one of our homies who. God damn! When he gets stuck on a trick, his whole session's dust in the, yeah. <laughs> until it's done. Or sometimes I just want to be like Aiden, just land like three or four basic tricks and just just keep it flowing and come back to that one later. But sometimes people just lock in. I I go back and forth from the like. Sometimes if I'm feeling robotic and I need to get my old tricks back, like I'll do that. But these days. I like to just pick a couple tricks that I want to do before the session even starts, even if they're basic, like a nolly nose grind. Just be like, all right, today I just want to land a nolly nose grind and like a switchback 5-0 or something, you know? Because mm -hmm. I can't, I don't have the endurance that I once did to do a thousand tricks Morgan style. Yeah. But one thing, this is a great question and I wish my brain had better memory for like our interviews because i'm sure there were some things that really came to mind but the only thing coming to mind right now was um the homie chris brown was trying to give me a trick tip because he had just learned switchback tail front shoves and that just made so much sense like you got to have your toe in the pocket and kind of do a front shove i haven't actually tried it yet but we'll keep you posted this winter via our Instagram story. If I learn it, we'll post it. I've been yes, meaning sir. to try that one ever since he said that. Sick little email. Like that one. Thanks for writing in. All right, next up, we've got an email from Phil Taylor. What's up, Bump Boys? Shout out to Ants One Behind the Scenes. This is my first time writing in. Been listening for a while. Thanks to one of my best friends, Sean, for putting me on to you guys. After listening to the Donnie Barley episode, I just feel he needs more thanks and praise for speaking on his past issues with addiction. I hope someday we live in a world where you can talk about your issues without feeling like there will be so much judgment. I too lost a friend this year to addiction. It was my friend Sean, the same one that got me listening to your pod. 
Sean and I have been friends and skated together since 2002, and it wasn't until earlier this year I found out he had a serious problem with opiates. A few months later, he passed away at the age of 33, leaving behind a one-year-old daughter, his fiance, family, and friends around the world. My life isn't the same without him, and I just want to let anyone out there know that if you're having problems with addiction or depression or anything at all, please seek help and please talk to someone, because the alternative is unbearable for those that love you. Heavy email. Phil, thanks for writing in. We're so sorry to hear about your friend, Sean. Like we said, big shouts to Donnie for speaking on his addiction. It's obviously resonated with a lot of listeners and a lot of people. And like we said in the email earlier in the post office, if anyone has these issues and just wants to reach out to someone, anybody who's ever hit up the bunt on Instagram knows that we get back to every single one of you. We love our fans and we uh, we won't stop. So hit us up if you guys just want to have a chat, man. We're always here for for the bunt gang uh rest in peace to sean man bunt gang for life uh, crazy and sick that he was spreading the word and to you and thanks for emailing in shit man just really sorry to hear that let's run one more email for the week here from axel anderson <laughs> yo saying donald i hear this man must Masadingo out here trying to pull y'all onto disc golf like I didn't already do that and the man's disrespecting golf with the vert comparison <laughs> oh hell no there's a reason disc golf even exists B but anyways enough of boring you with the disc golf talk let me get to the skate question what's your favorite skater of all time that only had three or less parts <laughs> Or someone who seems like they came and went, if that's too specific. Okay, I like it. He saved himself there. <laughs> Hope to see more of that NHL talk in the rundown. As someone from Minnesota and a fan of the wild, I can almost feel your pain with the Leafs, Donald. Hopefully one of us gets over the hump one of these years. Keep the barns burning, boys. Both the Leafs and the wild off to a bit of a slow start this season. Uh, your boy Kaprizov just got... Find 5000 for slashing Drew Doughty in the face. You guys got some issues over there, but it's a long season, man. It's only November. I feel like Minnesota's going to do just fine. Favorite skater, three parts or less, or came and went too soon. I don't, man, this is, this is a hard one. I really liked that kid Justin Case in the City Stars video. Mm-hmm. I thought he was like, you know top notch with those obviously not with Mikey and uh, P-Rod but I thought he was thought he was pretty good you know maybe I need to watch it again but I did think he was wicked and then one other one was Casey Rigney man that guy was fucking crazy I don't know how many parts he had but would have been crazy to see him keep it going a little bit switch backside nose bone around that half moon ledge did he do that oh I think so if my memory a lot serves of crazy me shit. correct, which it usually doesn't. Um, <laughs> Casey Rigney and Justin Case, I guess. So you definitely saved your part with the for someone who seemed like they came and went, if that's too specific, because we ain't out here trying to count how many parts people have had. And then you've always got like a random local homie video part. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just an impossible task. But I'll say two. 
I'll say for Canada, Travis Stanger. I mean, y'all know y'all know the legend. And if you don't, just Google. I mean, YouTube his shit, and like look at the year that those videos came out because he was just he was one of a kind, and uh, he was just doing it at such a high level in such a crispy manner. But then he just dipped out and started playing golf, which I understand a lot more now. But I wish he would come on the pod just because I actually am curious. Like, all we hear is stories through other people, you know? Mm -hmm. Never gone to the source. But anyways... um, I saw he was at a skate event like a couple weekends ago or something. Yeah, I think he ordered some stuff from Supra and then I just saw a picture of him and he had like a girl shirt on and like... He might get there one day. Yeah. Um, But yeah, all-time Canadian, great. Came and went, did his thing, left a mark. And then... uh, Another one who's skating again a lot more now, which makes me so happy. But Antoine Dixon just goes without saying, man. Damn. There's nothing, nothing needs to be said. We all know he probably he was on pace to have one of the all-time great careers, yeah. just in terms of popularity, and then just oh, the style and just no one could do tricks like him, man. But I'm loving seeing him skating more on Instagram these days. So. Maybe there's another part in the future. Yo, you picked guys way better than mine. What the fuck? <laughs> Stanger and Antoine? Fuck me. All right, y'all. That's going to wrap up the post office. Yo, this little fucking back and forth got me thinking, man. We need a fucking poll. We need a fucking post oh. office poll so I can get a goddamn W. Someone write in here and make us disagree so we can get yeah. to the bottom of it with a poll on Instagram, please. Oh, yeah. Aren't, aren't they like 2-0 and o or 3-0 and o right now? No, it's on a the fresh polls? season. It's 0-0. It's zero Let's go, zero. baby. You won Let's the bring the beef. Season. Yeah. Yeah, Sparks bring the beef, controversy. man. All right, y'all. Keep getting them emails in. TheBuntLive at gmail.com. Donald's out here trying to Fight zombies still with fucking Mike V and Antoine Dixon. Meanwhile, I've got a nice wood cabin. Just kicking it with Nora. Fucking Rowley cooking us some bison steaks. Woo! Let's go. You're dead. Bro, they chased you into the woods, bro. (laughs) Oh, man. Life is good over here while you're stressing on some Will Smith shit in a basement with a dog that's about to turn and kill you. We fucking killed each other before the zombies even got to us, man. (laughs) This is The Rundown, the skateboard world source for sports, brought to you by the one and only Steam Whistle, Canada's premium pilsner, the only buzz. Ghost, never in my wildest dreams did I think we would end up at the game of the year when we bought Buffalo Bills tickets all the way back in May. We picked the Minnesota Vikings to go see because we wanted to see some stars, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, do their thing against the big bad Bills. And uh, we got more than we paid for. We got free football overtime. Are, are you We were at an overtime game. I feel like I was outside for 12 hours yesterday, man. It was cold as fuck. A little rainy. The snow even popped out. But you know what keeps you warm? Those sparkling waters down in America that they call beers, baby. <laughs> yeah. it's. I feel like down there you get bloated before you get drunk, for fuck's sakes. <laughs> but yeah, 
Bro, what a game, man. What a sparking it, Kirk Cousins sparking it with that drive. I was like, yo, is Kirk about to go nuclear today? Jefferson for 46 and then a touchdown. Seeing him do the gritty. I swear we talked about that early in the year. Like, how sick would it be to see him do the gritty in real life? It didn't and take He long. wasted no time fucking doing it up. Um, bro, he he's out here he said at the before the season started by the end of the season we were all going to look at him as the best receiver in the world and boy did he make a case for that yesterday absolutely man i had the pleasure of playing davis torgerson in the bunt listener league you know my season hasn't been going as expected but <laughs> devin singletary and justin jefferson gave me the live performance of a lifetime the quick beat down on davis i might get my third win of the season it's pretty pathetic but you know to see it live and then it was just a fantasy football miracle the points that were going around yesterday dalvin cook 80 yard td stefan diggs doing his thing gabe davis getting involved dawson knox did his thing towards the end of the game there many many turning points the Bills going for it on a stupid fourth down when they should have taken the field goal. Game would have been over. The Bills make a huge stop on fourth down on the goal line. And then they fumble the snap to give Kendricks a defensive touchdown. Absolutely ridiculous. And then, and then, the catch on fourth and 18. Mind you, it's Ooh. hard to see from up in the 300 level. I didn't quite see what was going on. But I saw the replay on my phone. That was superhuman. People are comparing that to the Odell Beckham catch. And honestly, Ghost, I say it's better. The man oh, ripped the ball out of the defender's two hands with one hand. I don't even know where Justin Jefferson's other hand was because it, it it played no part in it. <laughs> the fact that he kept that off the ground, too, was just insane. Oh, yo, I didn't see this. Yo, I'm, I'm watching Red Zone now. He did the gritty and then pretended to pull his hamstring. Yeah, in the first quarter. <laughs> legend that the game would have been over if he actually did but damn yeah, and then what a game man overtime man josh allen marches the team down to the red zone and throws the inexplicable int i just feel like he was having so much success running the ball and hitting guys on the outside that it just didn't make sense to make that pass up the middle whether the guy was open or not like you just have success doing something just continue doing it but it was a comedy of errors for the Bills. I still think they're they're headed to the Super Bowl, but it's a young young quarterback still with a lot to learn, and those losses are catching up with them. Third place in the AFC East right now. I don't expect it to last forever, but it will be tough getting past Miami now. Oh, bro, Miami's on one. They're undefeated in games that Tua started and finished this year. It's just so funny looking at that division now after like just how it's been since I started watching football and way before that, just Patriots dominating the shit out of it, Dolphins, Bills just being irrelevant, Jets being irrelevant, and now it's fucking all upside down, man. It's absolutely insane. So one thing we wanted to talk about is the updated MVP race. People are already writing Josh Allen off. Some people are penciling in Tua. A lot of people just say it's locked. It's going to be Patrick Mahomes. Why doesn't the man, the only undefeated man in the NFL, Jalen Hurts, get as much respect as I think he deserves for MVP votership? 
I think he's being penalized for his team's success. Like, it's just such a well-rounded team. He's not necessarily putting the team on his back, even though it's like, what more do you want him to do? You know what I'm saying? The man's passing touchdowns, rushing touchdowns, doing a little bit of everything. Um, so yeah, I think he's he's getting hated on, but because like their defense is so good, the weapons are so good, and then maybe Mahomes has to do a little more for his team to win week to week. I don't know. I think Hurts should be getting more love. That's for damn sure. Uh, who's your pick currently? Right now? Fuck. Right now. That's that's tough. You know what? I might still have to go Mahomes, man. Just because. Mm-hmm. Coming into the season, we thought that division was going to be the best. Actually, I guess that takes away from the argument because that division kind of sucks. But, like, the Raiders 2-7, and seven, inexplicable, losing, finding new ways to lose every damn week. Um, Denver, shit show. Uh, and then the Chargers are kind of seem like a fraudulent, like, 5-4 and four team. Like, they're, I don't even know how the fuck they got five wins. They look like shit most weeks. Mahomes, man. Everyone's saying, oh, it's going to be tough for Mahomes this year. That division's crazy. And he's just fucking doing his thing. No Tyreek. So maybe I'd go Mahomes, Hurts, and then Tua as my top three. Do you think it's possible that Justin Fields somehow climbs his way into the race? I know it's going to be impossible for him to win the MVP just with the record that the Bears have. But this year, you know, there's going to be some talk if he continues to do what he does. Over 300 yards rushing in the last two games. And in years moving forward, is this man, Justin Fields, the real deal and the answer to Chicago's QB problems? I hope so, man. I mean, they keep losing these damn games, but he's putting on a fucking show week in, week out now. And I like him, man. I like him, so I want to see him. I want to see them build around him and not try and replace him in the draft. 100%. Another quarterback we wanted to talk about, and you quickly mentioned his name, Justin Herbert. His first year as the quarterback of the Chargers put up unbelievable fantasy stats, but they didn't win very many games. And ever since then, people have been applauding him and saying, you know, it will come, it will come. After the last few years, is he ever going to reach the potential that people thought he had? Yeah, the, the man damn is bare overhyped, but <laughs> by no fault of his own, you know what I'm saying? He's not the one writing all the articles and whatnot, but they also just have horrible injury luck. Like, is that the most injured franchise year in, year out? You know what? I actually don't feel bad because year after year, they put their faith in the same two wide receivers who it always happens to. Yeah. Like Mike Williams and Keenan Allen get injured once a year. Keenan Allen hasn't even played, you know? And mind you, I'm a huge Keenan Allen fan. When he's on the field, he's incredible. But like we always say, the best ability is availability. And Keenan Keenan Allen, he's not available. Yeah, he's played like two games this year and barely done anything in both of them. And then Mike Williams also dust. But like they they've been losing players on the defensive side of the ball too. Like I just feel like they're It's fucking, a cursed franchise. Yeah, man. So it's hard to judge because he's throwing to fucking dudes whose names we didn't even know coming into the season. Every week. He's still got Eckler doing Eckler things week in, week out. 
little safety blanket thing. But yeah, I don't know about Herbert. I, I still think he's, I think he can live up to the potential, but yeah, they just need to fucking stay healthy. And then I don't know about their coach either. That guy's fucking nuts. <laughs> and now time for our weekly Rodgers versus Brady debate. Tom Brady goes over to Europe, gets the job done. He even tried his hand at playing wide receiver there for a second to see if he could extend his career a few more years. It didn't work out. Slipped, lost his footing on it, running his route, so we won't see that be happening anymore. But Aaron Rodgers, he did his thing. He hung around against the Cowboys, similar to Kirk Cousins. Has this vaulted Aaron Rodgers ahead of Tom Brady and the Buccaneers in the ghost's latest standings? Nah, 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 nah. Yo, the legend, Brady, doing it big overseas. Everyone was on Seattle's bandwagon, us included. I think I would have put money on Seattle winning if I had to before that. But they seem to be turning it around, figuring it out. Chris Godwin finally fucking looking a little bit like the Chris Godwin of the past. Coming back from that knee injury, finally got his first TD. Uh, Rashad White doing a nice job when Leonard Fournette went out. I think he had over 100 rushing yards. Yeah, they, they kept fucking Geno Smith and them boys in check. It was uh, it was cool to see. And I'm still taking the Bucks and Brady over Rodgers if I had to pick one. I'm a big fan of these 930 games. I love the idea of, you know, spreading it out just a little bit more and having yeah. that game on early in the morning. Especially, like, what a vibe to have when we were at the tailgate, you know? that There were still some fantasy points going around and some touchdowns being thrown. Big fan of 9.30 games. Big fan of the European games. Looks like they had a blast over there. Yeah, we, we know Giselle was having a blast in Costa Rica. Oh, my God. With the jiu-jitsu, man? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I saw somewhere on Twitter something about at least a minimum of four or five more games in Germany through 2025. So that's exciting, man. Maybe one year, if we're balling, we fly out with the squad and we fucking do it up and drink some German ale. The, the brand growth at the NFL is top notch. And right now we had the discussion a little bit this morning at breakfast, but we need to pick a destination for next year's NFL game and uh, plenty of options out there, man. Plenty of options. Bro, you know, you know who I want to see. I'm gonna keep trying to force everyone to uh, agree to go see Kenny Pickett, whether it's in Pittsburgh or not. That's my guy. We trying to go see Pickett somewhere next year. But yo, if we go to fucking Germany one year, we're actually gonna get wasted because they got fucking real percentages in them beers. Do you get me? All right, Ghost. My head is still completely wrapped and consumed. By the game of the year, Kirko bangs, man. I just can't get the picture out of my head, the fourth and 18. But my MVP and, pick. Yeah, let's try and wrap this week's episode up with an NBA minute. The Utah Jazz. Last we talked, sitting atop the Western Conference, have faltered a little bit. Is there a chance for some long-term success for this squad? And will they stick around in the playoff picture in the West? Or is it evident and just a matter of time before their fall from grace begins do we have any utah listeners i don't want them coming for me but 
the I'm gonna say they're a play-in team at best. Oh, oh, at best. And would not be surprised if they lose in the play-in and don't make the playoffs. So I'm gonna go on a, out on a limb here and say they ain't making the playoffs this year. Despite you know, the fucking ten and three start. I don't want to say they won't because the West looks like it is those bottom half of the playoff spots are probably going to be up for grabs whereas in past years you could probably predict the the top eight or at least the top 10 for sure any given year but i'll say they make the playoffs man i'll say they get in there hopefully you know you you hope that they can make it past the play-in but it doesn't look like that will be realistic but i think that the utah can hang around man um, so, but but wait, you, the, we're saying you're saying they're gonna make the playoffs or make the play in because I the think play in. The I was play-in. gonna say I would hope that they, I would hope to guarantee the playoffs, but that's just too far of a reach. Where the play in seems like a realistic goal of theirs. Yeah, more of a play in team, and they lose in the play in. That's my pr- prediction <laughs> right now. Man, we still got Minnesota and the Warriors on the outside looking in with the 12th mm-hmm. and 13th seed. So. I think they move up eventually. OKC, tank gods over there. I see them falling out eventually. But Shea Gilgis Alexander, my lord, has he been on one this year? I just want to see him have to play competitively for the whole year. It seems like his whole career towards the end, small injury, something ailing him. Smart move by the organization. Just get him out. And he he doesn't finish the season. I just want to see him have to really go and push himself. So I, I hope that this is the year that he does that. But real quick before we get back to this, um, I saw something online about with the adding of Rudy Gobert and obviously the emergence of the last few years of Anthony Edwards. Is it time in Minnesota they move on from Carl Anthony Towns and just let Edwards take the team? Yeah, I mean, I'd, it would really depend on who they're getting back, but I would not be mad at it, man. I would not be mad at it. You I agree. Defensive stick with the defensive anchor that you just gave up way too many assets for the funny thing is it would just make minnesota seem kind of like the new utah it's like rudy and they used to have mitchell but now he has edwards not saying that they're the same player but it's a similar style player right yeah that would be funny and we've already seen that that doesn't work but they'd have to get some serious pieces back for towns which they could i don't know i I think they're still figuring it out but we'll we'll see we'll see such a strange team on paper Mm -hmm. and then last team we're going to talk about real quick your sacramento kings have fought back to a 500 record uh, the floor is yours with your squad man let's go De'Aaron fox having himself a career year 25 and 5 sorry 25 5 and 5 uh, I don't think a Sacramento player has ever done that. Maybe I saw that on Twitter. I don't know if I'm making that up. But anyways, he's killing it. Sabonis, slow start to the year. He's starting to figure it out. He had one of them big old Sabonis double-doubles uh, over the weekend, I believe. And uh, yeah, they've just got a bunch of young, hungry players. And they came out the gates, lost a bunch of close games, classic Sacramento style. But they're stringing together some wins here. And uh, they're just a fun team to watch, man. A lot of running and gunning. Sack, I want to see y'all make the play-in. 
and make the fucking playoffs. I don't know if a, a sixth seed is realistic for them to avoid the play-in, but I want to definitely see that team in the playoffs, man. Keep it going. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, be dude. Great to see. 26 Sabonis against the Warriors. So the Warriors beat them the other day by three. And then the rematch, fucking... 122 to 115 Sabonis 26 points 22 rebounds 8 assists and no fucking defensive stats just a classic Sabonis line <laughs> alright y'all that's gonna wrap up this week's episode of The Bunt keep getting your emails in to thebuntlive at gmail.com and if you live in Toronto we better be seeing you at the House of Vans Toronto going down all weekend long Thursday to Sunday Vans got everything cooked up down there the Great Hall Queen and Dover Court. Make it pop, man. See y'all there. <laughs> <laughs>